Hello and welcome to the Spidey Dude Radio Network. I'm Zach Joyner, owner of the website that powers the podcast and executive producer of the Spidey Dude Radio Network. It's my absolute pleasure to welcome you to the Spectacular Spider-Man Salby Sima Era Podcast, a podcast all about Sal's run on the Spectacular Spider-Man. Before I turn it over to our host, Chris, I wanted to thank our patrons at patreon.com slash Network. They help sponsor the show. Greg, Vinkman, Scott, Kaylee, and Phoenician, thank you all for your support. And if you want to get some more info, check it out at that aforementioned website at patreon.com slash network to get more perks, like getting some shows early. And we'll have more coming very, very soon. They'll get some exclusives very soon. Stay tuned for that. Finally, before I go, I want to encourage you to check out our other fine programs, Spidey Experience, ASM Classics, Make Mine Mayday, Bogan Rider Variety Hour, Clone Saga Chronicles, Spectacular Radio, and Voices from the Eerie, a Gargoyles podcast. Be sure to leave feedback on the respective feeds, give us a five-star review, and leave feedback at uh, the email address at thatradiohorror at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to this exciting episode of the show, and now, here's Chris. Okay, we're talking about Spectacular Spider-Man 144 in Ill Wind. In Ill Wind, part one of two, script by Jerry Conway, pencils and inks by Sal Basima. Peter Parker's book signing tour for Webs continues in sunny San Diego. Uh, while Webs slinging through the city, Spider-Man hears an explosion over at the Mission Bay Marina Club. Spidey goes to investigate and encounters Boomerang. Meanwhile, at the Daily Bugle, Joe Robertson returns to work and is promptly arrested by federal authorities for keeping silent about Tombstone's past crimes. Cameo appearance by the Slaves of New York author Tama Janowitz. So uh, take it away, Chris. Right. So the cover to this issue, uh, we have Spider-Man getting a shot right in the face with uh, Boomerang. And this is pretty much like a panel, like almost an exact panel that's in the comic book, which is extremely rare. You don't have the cover usually as a panel in the comic book. The cover is usually done as a completely different piece of artwork. Um, Spider-Man continuing his book tour, Peter continuing his book tour, the pictures he took as Spider-Man is still pretty funny because it's putting Peter in all sorts of different elements uh, throughout the books that are happening over the next several months. Um to put him in the spotlight that he's not really used to being, but he would be doing exactly what I would be doing where two people are talking about an incredibly boring conversation. I would be snickering, making jokes with the person next to me on live TV. That is also <laughs> on live TV, which is fantastic. <laughs> Why not? I think they write boomerang to be 
older than Peter Parker here. If you go and pick up Amazing Spider-Man number 61, I think is the current issue where he's on the cover in the traditional red and blue and half his ridiculous, stupid new costume, which they revealed what it to be. It's a costume he wears to take pictures and be a webcam, like uh, Zoom spotlight hero for the public to witness his adventures while he's Spider-Manning. And he hates it, but he does it anyway because he needs the money. Like, Peter's always broke. And Jaden Jonah Jameson is, like, trying to be Spider-Man's PR person because he knows Peter is Spider-Man. It's so dumb. <laughs> but getting back to the point I'm trying to make, Boomerang is currently Peter Parker's roommate. He knows that he is Boomerang. Boomerang does not know Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Robbie Robertson knows that Boomerang is... Fred is Boomerang. But... In that, Peter and Spider Boomerang seem like they're about the same age. In this, it just it everything comes across like Boomerang is much older than Spider-Man. So the fact that he wants to murder Spider-Man right now is very funny, considering that they are uh, sharing rent, or at least uh, Boomerang is a freeloader off of Peter and Randy. And Spider-Man has to protect Boomerang currently because the Kingpin has a hit out on Boomerang. And uh, the last we saw was uh, Bullseye was taking the shot. And that's, yeah. Uh, anyway, back to the issue at hand. Uh, a lot of this issue is ma mainly Peter on his on his book tour. You know, it's it's just that's the focus of the issue. There's like the one fight with Boomerang, which is fine, and you get this amazing, awesome splash page of Sal Basima's Spider-Man as he says this, as he has that's to web sling to clear his cobwebs because he'd rather be in New York with his wife, supermodel smoke show Mary Jane Watson. Uh, I mean, he's like talking to her, and it, it, like all the panels are. I miss MJ. Oh boy, I wish I was with MJ. I could be in New York with MJ. Yeah, they, uh, the pose they have MJ in is very, uh, very pro provocative. Spider-Man leaping onto the uh, whatever this thing is in San Diego. Does anyone know what this building is in San Diego? Turn the page, Leo. Never been to San Diego. With Boomerang, I just think is a great, great testament to Sal's artwork. Sure enough, the Parker luck is always the same. The police think that Spider-Man is responsible, so they start shooting at him. I told you that was the real Spider-Man. No, I was just, yeah, I just had to see. You know, only Spider-Man could dodge those bullets. Robbie gets his welcome home party at the Daily Bugle just in time to get arrested for uh, withholding information for a 23-year-old crime, according to the um, federal marshals. I don't know what the statute of limitations is on a crime like that, but uh, Robbie gets arrested. And just before cake... This leads into the trial of Robbie Robertson in issue number 150, which we are uh, about five months away. But we got, uh, we're got we five months away in the Spider Book, but several weeks away on this podcast because we have to break up Inferno into a multi-part episodes due to how long it is. Peter is signing his uh, webs tour at Books R Us, which I would love to know is a re if that is a real uh, bookstore in San Diego. Does anyone know? I will no find out. Leo will find out. So he avoids lunch with his uh, uh, tour manager and goes to lunch with the guy that he was making fun of on the uh, on the TV that he was doing the book tour alongside. Um, no offense, but I'd much rather look at pictures of Spider-Man in, uh, in a photography book than a bunch of pictures of rich people's boats, which is what the other two people were promoting. No, we're not the boat crowd. We're definitely the crowd. Boomerang comes gutting for Spider-Man, and they have a pretty good knockdown dragout fight, and Boomerang seems to win. Um, my question is, who's cooler, Captain Boomerang or Boomerang? Okay, thank God you said something, because I'm sorry, every time I see Boomerang, I'm just, like, reminded that DC and Marvel can, like, 
they still doing it in some way. They used to have that thing where they would just constantly steal characters from each other and just little touches. So they weren't an exact ripoff. It's, you know, Boomerang, Cadbury, and... Yeah. And they're both Australian, yeah. too. Yeah, it, this this is literally almost Hawkeye and Green Arrow again, except it's like, whoa, 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 wait, sir. Hawkeye was a criminal. Green Arrow was a, was a, was a rich kid. I was like, big difference. One was on an island. The other one grew up in a circus. I was like, the thing does he about, shoot arrows? Yes. He's <laughs> the thing is about Jerry Conway, he tries to write Boomerang's dialogue like he's from Australia by putting in certain slang terms that Australians would use. Currently, Nick Spencer writing Boomerang, I haven't seen one word in there that tells me that makes me remember that Boomerang uh, is from Australia. They mentioned the fact the reason why he became Boomerang is because uh, he um, bet on his own baseball game and got him thrown out of mm -hmm. the baseball league. So he decided to turn his uh, pitching arm into a crime arm of robbing banks, and he was part of the Sinister Syndicate for a while, which he mentions in the book. The Sinister Syndicate was basically the B-level Spider-Man villains next to the A-level Spider-Man villains like Dr. Octopus, Craven the Hunter, uh, Mysterio, the Vulture, the Sandman, Hobgoblin. So this criminal syndicate was like Speed Demon, the Rhino, um, the Beetle, the original Beetle, who is now currently called Mach 10. Of the mm -hmm. Thunderbolts. So it, this was like the Spider-Man version of the Make-A-Wish, but with supervillains? That's what I'm hearing? It's just, do you want to go with the big league kids? Come on, let's go take Spider-Man on together so we can get in, end up in the same jail block. Yeah. The funniest thing about... The funniest thing about Boomerang is that Nick Spencer wrote a book called uh, The Deadly Foes of Spider-Man, which ran for like 18 issues before he left the book. They ended the book so he could go write Captain America Hydra, and uh, it was one of the best funny books out there. It was a hilarious uh, you know, Absolutely. group of supervillains. It was the criminals. It was the Sinister Syndicate, with the exception of uh, Beetle was um, the female Beetle, Beetle a.k.a. Uh, Laura Lincoln, Tombstone. she is the daughter of Tombstone, which we've mentioned previously. Yep. And every time mm -hmm. uh, Laura comes over to make out with Randy and do other things, Fred goes hides in Peter's bedroom because he's like, if she sees me, she'll kill me because I'm boomerang and she knows what I look like. And Randy's like, you do know she's the Beatle, right? <laughs> <laughs> So, so I, I have to. I'm oh, sorry. In, go ahead. In the most recent issue, by the way, Randy finally tells the tells his father the truth that he is dating uh, Tombstone's daughter. Uh, what What were you gonna say, Drew? I was just gonna say that that's when I think of Boomerang. That's who I think of. I just think of uh, is it Frank Myers? This just absolute loser that just makes deals on top of deals and gets out of everything with just the skin of his teeth. Everybody kind of hate either thinks he's a joke or despises them. I believe in, in one of the most recent Spider-Man issues, the Kingpin basically offers a get out of jail free card to whomever captures Boomerang. And that was this everybody issue. Is, yeah, exactly. So everybody is so down because they're like, that guy sucks. I can make money off of him. Sweet. And I'm just right like, because the kingpin is mayor of New York, so he's got all these like I can do whatever I want as long as I keep it under Captain America's radar. <laughs> so, so I have to say, the biggest crime in this issue is Boomerang kills Mario. Is, is yes. That... Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's yeah, revealed that this whole, this whole like, 
this whole assassination plot line is orchestrated between um, the rich voter, the guy Boomerang's working for at the beginning of the issue, and Boomerang himself. And now they want uh, Spider-Man out of the picture. And of course, Boomerang throws a, a Boomerang at a copy of the Web's book, um, not figuring out, okay. gee, the Web's guy is here. Peter Parker takes pictures of Spider-Man. Spider-Man's here. Oh, I, I almost could put two and two together. Now I live with Spider-Man as a roommate. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, that, that, I, 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 I'm sorry. I, I can I, Leo? I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I need to address oh, this. No, okay. Fine. How does nobody ever do that? Like, I know sometimes. We as people, you know, don't really want to acknowledge the super obvious or later on you're like, oh, my God, that person was a scumbag, but I had them in my home. I had no idea. You know, how do people not see these situations until they like put one thing in front of the other and was like, light bulb, (laughs) that's Spider-Man. Like, it's the same thing. Like, how does nobody ever look at Superman's face and be like, you know what? It's Clark Kent. Well, he nobody revealed else... his identity to the public. Nobody has to do that anymore. Yeah, okay. You know what? You, you, you're, you're killing me. So you're, you're killing me, Chris. And um, somebody wants to know who came first, Boomerang or Captain Boomerang. Um, I have no idea. Is I want to say Captain Boomerang, I think, came first, right? Uh, I, I mean, like... quick Google search will tell you. I, I don't. I really don't know. I know Boomerang was a – I think he was an Iron Man villain for a little while, right? Before he – or I'm thinking of the Beatle. I think, I think you're thinking of the Beatle. Didn't Boomerang um, get, like, a power-up at some point? Like, he used to, like, not have boot jets and – They always yeah, do. Sort of. Okay, so Boomerang, Captain Boomerang, the Flash villain, was created in Flash number 117, December 1960. Okay. And, by the way, Captain Boomerang has beat Boomerang to the big screen because of the oh. uh, you know, his appearance in Suicide Squad, and he was on the uh, Flash TV series. Boomerang, and- Fred Myers – was created in 1966 in Tales to Astonish. So he was a, actually a, uh, that's who he was. He was a Hulk villain first. Oh. So it looks like. Yes, because, you know, Boomerangs versus the Hulk is going to work. <laughs> Idiot. So it look, looks like uh, DC had it first. Yeah, and Boomerang was created by, of course, Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. A gimmicky superhero created in that time? Yeah, no. They're, they're going to plot their revenge against Spider-Man because, you know, Boomerang doesn't like Spider-Man. He gets a check for $300,000 to cash for uh, killing Mario. Oh, yeah. Yep. Big dollars. No, yeah. no refunds. Next issue, the conclusion to our San Diego story as Spider-Man plays detective to learn who hired Boomerang. Now, Peter wants to go back to New York and be with his you know, lovely wife, but he's like, no, got to stick around in San Diego and keep my nose where it doesn't belong. Because San Diego doesn't have any... Uh, I swear to God, the West Coast Avengers should be pretty active at this point in Marvel's continuity. Why he doesn't just call them, I don't know. Yeah, I no, what, like, why? What? I also, just, uh... the next issue, we're going to get to meet one of Mary Jane's uh, relatives who becomes a permanent part of the Spider-Man cast for a while until something pretty bad happens, which we will probably have a very special episode of. Uh, what was her name? We'll introduce her next week. I'm not even joking. This character sticks around for way too long, and then it's a very special episode. That's how she disappears, and she only makes like background appearances afterwards. 
Uh, Geek Life HQ says, and this was way before Daredevil headed out there to California. Yeah. Uh, no, this was after Daredevil. Already. This is 1988. Daredevil was in California dating the Black Widow well before this, well before Frank Miller's run. He dated Black Widow? Yeah. 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 After well, him and Karen Page broke up and Karen was dating um, Ghost Rider because she was a stunt woman before she became a uh, porn star. Uh, uh, Daredevil left New York to do whatever, and he was. It was the Daredevil Black Widow book for a, a year or so. Geek Life says uh, Mark Wade run. I'm thinking. Yes. Yeah, that's what Daredevil I was. Daredevil has lived in the West Coast more than once. Yeah. Because I remember this one issue I read. I, this is some random comic. I remember that Boomerang featured in. I guess he was hired to do a job, and he's sitting on a on a plane. And because uh, we've all traveled and had an obnoxious child with two parents who do absolutely nothing to stop him from squawking and yelling and being a, basically a monster, especially on a long flight. And this kid, of course, has a boomerang and he's you know talking like he's in Harry Potter, this whole deal. And of course, you know, the parents can do nothing to shut him up. And then he gets to New York. The kid's like waiting, I guess, with his parents. Like he wandered off. He's like, oh, my boomerang. And Fred walks up to him, which again, I'm just like, again, where are these parents? Like, what is wrong with the, no, not that boomerang. Um, no, but this is an actual boomerang too, by the way, in the shape of uh, Joker's favorite friend. There's no character called Batarang. There is, <laughs> but this is a actually working Batarang. This is a authentic, real you, this will come back to me. And I would love to see you try. But, um, right, so the, the, right, so concluding my point, Fred basically takes his boomerang and shows them how to use it. And he essentially kills like some pigeons with it. And then it comes back to him and was like, yeah, and just gives it back to the kid. And the kid is just traumatized. I'm just like, God, yeah, where are their parents? Like, guys, do not leave a child at an airport alone. It, it's crazy what parents do. Uh, I, I've told the story before on the show, but um, I used to work at Mohegan Sun. And, uh, you oh, know, man. on my breaks, I, I would walk around, you know, it's because uh, I was in marketing and marketing is like like four levels underneath the casino. It's like in the basement. Uh, okay. So, you know, some sunlight, I'd walk around and, you know, I'm I'm walking through uh, on the outskirts near the shops and stuff. And this little kid had to be, I don't know, maybe like four years old, comes flying by me. And, uh, you know, I, I think uh, there's people behind me. I think it's his parents. And all of a sudden he goes around a corner and I look behind and I said, you better hurry up to catch your kid. They go, oh, that's not our kid. And it's like the only other adults like in that area. I try to rush up to, to see where he's going. And he's like way ahead of me. He was flying. And he went through the outside doors and like, I don't know where he ended up. I called security. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was, it was scary because nobody was watching this kid, you know? Crazy. Messed up. Yeah. Yeah. Happens all the time. Imagine if he had Chris's boomerang. Just, oh, yeah. yeah. Just be like, kid. I just uh, put, posted in the chat for us, a drew a link to the guy who made this. And you can see him throw it. His name, it's Boomerangs by Vic. He's located up in Maine. Um, we uh we he actually sent me uh five of these i set up at um the hartford comic-con and we sold uh two or three of them for him oh, nice. oh, you guys you guys keep he referenced mohegan's son you ever harvard comic-con i'm like one day we will return to cons and it will be uh, glorious 
We'll be a little older, a little heavier, a little bit more tired, but we will enjoy them. Uh, That's all the the notes I have for for this issue. Um, We're it's pretty much you know a a two parter with Boomerang. Um, The bigger spectacular show is coming up very soon as we are uh, setting the fire for Inferno. Unintended. Four weeks of Inferno coverage because there's just so much to cover with Spider Man and Inferno. And we will have on for the first episode uh, the uh, spe- the uh, spectacular Spider Girl cosplayer. Very oh, cool! So she's a huge Hobgoblin fan. So she will be on to uh, cover it with me. Rightfully so. But Splash Pages will be covering Inferno as well, Leo. Right? <laughs> yeah. Now uh, I think he said we're going to do like every other week. I mean, you want you can do it however you want to do it, but I, I'm doing it like in the order that it has to be published. So. Uh, you yeah, figure out I, how you want to cover Inferno. There's a there's a lot to cover. It doesn't mean we have to cover every single thing. I mean, you could divide the trade paperback into two episodes and go on to other things while I'm still covering Inferno. But uh, uh, yeah, I have the books, so uh, I'll get that information to you, and then we can talk about you know how we want to do it. Um, and uh, so talking about cons, uh, Drew, I forget where you you are. Are you in Massachusetts? Oh no, I'm in I'm in Westchester. I'm in New York. Oh, New York. Okay. Yeah, but I, but I, but since I have a car, I have been known to make the trek to the out-of-state cons, where sometimes oh. there are deals aplenty, friendly people, cosplays you never see in New York Comic Con, and um, but I have been to Mohegan Sun. I actually have been to Hartford as well, and Mohegan Sun, the that uh, that con, um, terrific, oh, con. terrific con is. Absolutely fantastic. I cannot. That's one of the ones I can't wait to go back to because it's just so much fun. They usually have a really good guest list. Like their celebs and artists and writers are usually spot on and fantastic. Yeah, so. that's the cool thing about Terrific is uh, it, it's more comic focused. I mean, he has he gets some of the you know bigger celebrities there, but you know he he's he's really focused on on the comics. You know where. Unfortunately, some cons don't. They just turn into a big celebrity mash. Uh, so we'll be back next week. The next episode is Spectacular Spider-Man leading into Inferno. Can't wait. Awesome. Well, I want to thank uh, everybody for participating this week. Uh, and uh, we'll start with Drew. Where do you like people interacting with you? Anywhere that Chris's boomerang can't smack me in the face. So I'm uh, Drew Mallow on Facebook, uh, Ghostbuster Man 1984. I also write for Screen Rant, so you can look that up. And uh, and Chris, you can find me on here. Spectacular Spider Man does not have. I, I don't have a sp- social media pages for Spectacular Spider Man. I'm sorry, I'm not going to create them. And then my own graphic novel is available over at Flata Dracula Tale Facebook page. You can message me there to get a copy. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night.
As always, Deadly Grounds Coffee, head on over to Get Deadly.